0: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership. Our guest today is Mark Amtower. Mark is a consultant. He is a speaker. He is an author. He is a radio show host, and he is one of the top recognized experts on LinkedIn and in the federal government contracting space. So you're going to love this interview as we talk with Mark Amtower about what it took for him to pay the price of leadership. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we talk with various leaders about pulling back the curtain on leadership and what it took them to pay the price of leadership. And I am tremendously excited today because our guest is the one, the only, Mark Amtower. And Mark is a consultant, he's a speaker, he's an author of many books, and he is a radio show host. He's one of the most recognized professionals in the government market. And people call him the godfather of marketing to the federal government. I love that. And as somebody who worked in that realm, I can't wait to hear what he talks about with growing his business. So Mark started Amtower & Company in 1985 as a marketing consultancy that was focused on federal contracting. And he has advised Thousands of companies. He is an author of seven books, a columnist for 11 years, and a radio show host of 15 years. I think it's called the Federal News Network. And he's a speaker at over 350 events nationwide and is among the best known consultants in his market. He is an expert. They call him a true LinkedIn expert. And he has been schooling people, the subject matter expert on so many things. Mark, we're tremendously excited to have you here. Thank you for being on my
1: show. Dr. Tremendous Tracy, um, honor to be here. Um, actually my first radio show was in Annapolis and Uh, your dad was on. Really? Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was, that was 15 years ago. Um, time flies, huh?
0: Well, who, who, Uh, (laughs) I know. Well, that must've been quite a show, the two of you guys together.
1: Oh, wow. You know, all I do is throw up raw meat and let Charlie (laughs) go. Um.
0: Hey, do you still have a recording of that?
1: Uh, I wish I did. I do okay. not. Right. If I did, you would have it.
0: I was going to say, cause we'll put that as a link at the bottom al- along with the other links and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I love it, Mark. So yeah, Mark, Mark and my father go way back and uh, Mark has stayed in touch with me since I came back to pick up my mantle of leadership. And it's been just a tremendous encouragement to me uh, as well as so many others. So Mark, today we're really talking about uh, the price of leadership. And this is kind of, uh, as I said, pulling back the current of leadership. Leadership is a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's also a really tough, and sometimes just, you know, it's, it's a daunting thing sometimes. And my father said that anybody that wants to be a leader has to be willing to pay the price of leadership. And one of the prices that he said that a leader has to pay is loneliness. And, you know, we've all heard that phrase, it's lonely at the top. But as somebody that's been in this space for decades and built your business, can you share with me your leadership journey and what loneliness as a leader means to you and how you deal with it?
1: Um, Loneliness is a leader. I'm a solo consultant. So my business is what you see here, okay. uh, except when my cat comes in. Uh, That's
0: awesome. Coast. I have several feline assistants too. <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Um, so, I mean, um, loneliness is, is, is a strange quantity. I, you know, I'm home-based have been for 35 years. So there's the physical loneliness attribute but that, that's uh, that's not a leadership thing. When you, lonely as a leader is preparing a vision, trying to convince people to to, to understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that takes a tremendous amount of time, but you have to have a very strong belief in what you are doing and the direction you are going. Okay. And, you know, if if the market comes with you great if the market doesn't come with you did you err um i have been wrong before mercifully it doesn't happen on a regular basis but <laughs> well you know we we all I have love right that. It, oh. it, <laughs> I
0: love that you said that because I, I'm a solopreneur too. I mean, I have my co-leader, but always small teams. And I'm so glad you're talking to that because there are times where I'm like, it's not me phys- physically feeling lonely because I love working from home and doing my own thing. But when you don't get the market and, and the market doesn't like latch onto you, I love that you said that, that you know sometimes people will come alongside you. And I mean, I've looked at your website. I look at the packages that you sell and do. So obviously you have broken the code on getting people to come along sign but I'm sure in the beginning, as you were trying to feel your way through it, that was, you know, who do you yell at? Your cat? You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, fortunately, I wasn't married when I started my business, so there there was no, no uh, spousal verbal abuse going on <laughs> or spouse hearing you screaming and yelling in your tiny basement office somewhere, um, <clears throat> so... But but yeah, I mean, it takes a while to find a a very specific direction. So I backed into the government market. My degrees are in American literature and I tried teaching for a while and I could only get part time teaching at a local uh, community college and the the pay was just terrible. Mm -hmm. So but in graduate school, I worked at a telemarketing firm. And it was a firm that actually uh, had a lot of integrity and spent a lot of time training their people before they put them on the phone. So I learned a lot of things there. Uh, I learned to take rejection there, which is a biggie. Charlie used to talk about that all the time. Uh, you know, how many times have you heard no, Mark? Um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Charlie asked me that once, you know, well, gee, Charlie, I was telemarketer. I heard about a million times. Um, um, But, you know, there's, there's several items in, in, uh, I do a lot of speaking in the market and there's a couple of conferences where I've been a regular speaker for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those is a business marketing conference, not focused on government, but the uh, the principal who put this on asked me to do the lunch speech after I had been speaking there for about 10 years. And he said, but I don't want you talking about the government because everybody knows that's what you do. And everybody knows uh, or has heard you talk about that before, at least everybody who needs to hear you talk about that. So uh, for the lunch speech, I wrote something called Amtower's Laws of Survival, and success, and there there are ten laws, and the the number ten is, and Charlie would have loved this. I think he did love it because he had the book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's the law of tithing, regardless of what you do and where you do it. If you're not contributing to the overall uh, uh, well being of the market, you're you're. You're not a member. You're you're not a contributor. There's no reason for you to stand out. So the tithing doesn't have to be public. It can be behind the scenes, but it has to be regular. It has to be constant. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it really has to add value to that that market niche that you're in. And it happens both in business and in your personal life. You've got to tithe to your family. You're going to tithe to your church. if you're not, you know, fully participating in your family, and a lot of fathers don't, you know, they're busy, you know, making money. Women too, you know, you're, you you have to make a living, but you you can't ignore that other side of your life. So fidelity is something that ultimately uh, follows on to the tithing because if if you're participating in the community, the fidelity aspect becomes uh, even even more important. So, people can rely on you. They they know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. If you're a family person, you you have that family focus. You don't get distracted, you know, with other people or other activities. You know, family is is front and center. Uh, the same thing with your business. If you have employees, having a fidelity to those employees is is absolutely critical Mm -hmm. and and sometimes you know with with all of the activity that others some others can participate in that can cause a loneliness for you too Hmm. but it the the price for that loneliness is you know you're right
0: right Absolutely. And I love that word fidelity. That's like one of those old termy words like providence and virtue, you know, I, I love that. And, you know, I think dad kind of would say that too, that kind of what you were saying, we may not have somebody physically with us, but we have our passion, we have our family, we have our faith. And you, when we give back, even though we may just be a solo act, then we go into the greater collective of humanity and i find that the people that are the most lonely have really almost cordoned themselves off and are just pursuing a means to an end and not really tying their mission or their vision to impacting the lives of others because then you can't no, feel
1: yeah they're they're you know uh, i i you know it it's the it's the age of immediate gratification mm-hmm. all right so people are Looking at particularly younger people, uh, but it's not exclusive to them. They're, they're, right. This has always been with us. People who think they deserve certain things but have not earned those things. Mm. You 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 see somebody doing something, you immediately say, That should be me there. Well, what what dues did you pay to make that statement? You know, what dues did they pay to to get there? Right. You know, I've I've had people come up to me before and say, uh, you know, I can do what you do. And I'm going, go for it. You know, if you think you can, do it. Um, you know, a guy came up for me um, at, at one of my book signings and said, You know, I can write a book on the government market. And I said, Jimmy, just do it. Don't right. tell me. Right. Just do it. And right. he did. And it's great. Excellent. Uh, and it's right. <laughs> There, Jimmy oh, Baker's I love book.
0: It. Oh, he, sure he did. That's excellent. Well, I'm glad you encourage him. I'm glad you encourage him to do that. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: But he was but he was challenging me, so I just reversed the challenge.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. got
1: the brains, boy, go for
0: it. Yeah. And now you got to put the work before it. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I, like I can remember I just finished school and it was lonely sitting by my computer every night doing homework while everybody was out having PhD fun and Barbie. And, wow. But I mean, I just, <laughs> sometimes, it, you know, and I'm sure that guy to do that well, had to carve out time and get alone. Cause there's certain yep. things in life that we can only do on our own, finding our vision praying i mean there's certain things that we do have to do alone and so um you got to get that nice balance of doing your thing but then going back to the collective of humanity because that's why we're put on earth kind of yep so awesome Well,
1: yeah and and you know on i i'm on linkedin an extraordinary amount of time Mm -hmm. but when i'm teaching companies and individuals how to use it i say you know you, you've you got to be active here. It's an active platform. It can be a passive platform, but there's no dividends. But when you're active, add value, right? Don't, you know, self-promotion. And eh, no, people yeah. get tired of that. Add value Add yeah. you know, when you, when you're saying happy birthday to somebody, ask them how they are and mean it. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Absolutely, I love that, yeah, and so you you can't be lonely because you're building you're building your tribe you're 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 a connector right. kind of thing, I love it right, okay, so Mark, on to the next one, so that that was loneliness, and I do really appreciate that because like I said, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or have a very small group, and um so that's great great input for them. The next uh, price my dad talked about was weariness. And I'm sure <laughs> you and he talked many times about this. And he would always say me, hey, Tracy, if you're going to be doing anything in life worthwhile, you're going to have some people that do way more than what's expected, but a lot that do way less. So how do you, um, how do you shoulder the weariness and keep going? Um, h- how do you have the stamina? We're not spring y- chickens y- anymore.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I wish. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Um, you, you, number one, you have to keep the goal in mind. The goal has to be definable and attainable, mm-hmm. uh, map out the past. So you have a relatively clear idea of when you're going to get there. Okay. It's not one of those, you know, where are we going, you know, here, when are we leaving real soon? Right. You know, that first, <laughs> well, you know, the, the Chinese proverb, right. Journey begins with a first step. Uh, if you do not take the first step, you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have goals, if you want to attain something, if you want to write a book, you now I've had people have problems writing articles and I'm going, you know, the average article right now um, runs 600, 700 words because that's the time span that people will allot. Mm-hmm. If If you have an idea that's going to add value to a particular audience, outline it, find a voice recognition tool and talk it. Mm -hmm. Then you have editable copy. You know, I, I, it, it's a shortcut, but it's a valid shortcut. Right. Um, But it still needs editing, you know, and it needs a set of eyeballs that are not yours before it goes out. So I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well and like you said weariness I think sometimes we don't take advantage of I mean I just did my PhD and those interviews <laughs> and that editing and everybody's like well I'm going to sit there and type it all out and I'm like no I mean there's only so much time in a day and I love that you looked at weariness as getting the experts in to help you because a lot of times we're like well I'm going to do it all on my own you don't have to do it on your own there's there's programs out there now and every time I use one then I find a better one that's a third of the cost and um, okay. even publishing, I'm like, well, I used to do it all and, and read it and, and do that. No, there's great people out there. And now I'm able to handle the workload a lot better because I'm making use of great contractors in my life to help me, help me get to the uh, finish line
1: yeah the 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 weariness factor you know the the myth of the self made person is nothing more than a myth right um uh, man or woman. We've all had help along the way right. number one, acknowledge the help, appreciate the help, and leverage the help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh if if you're not doing that, you know all of those goals are going to turn very vague and then they're going to dissipate mm-hmm. um you know, I was gonna do something today. I'll take a nap. Um, (laughs) Follow my cat.
0: I love, well, That's always a good one. And and I love that you said, um, recognize it. I'm a big believer in advocates because I'm really late on the board. I mean, you know, when I came back to run the business, I, my dad and I were from completely different worlds. And I'm like, well, that was him. That was that schmoozy, networky, salesy thing. But I'm an engineer. I'm an operations person, so I can do it my way. And for the first five years, I didn't reach out to people because I'm like, well, I can do it this way. And that was the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. I was so weary. And it's like, no. Ask for help, reach out. It's not a sign of failure, it's a sign of ego. And um, I just, you know, it's there. We have our faith, we have all these different things. So I really like that you hit on the aspect of weariness and um, recognizing all the wonderful people out there. And you're on LinkedIn. The whole purpose of that, again, as they tell with speakers, stay away from the P's, profanity, proselytizing, promoting. But, and and so we don't want to, I forget what the other two are Um, politics, and I forget what the other one is. Can't be pussycats because everybody wants to hear about everybody's cats kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, you know, it was one of those things where LinkedIn, if, if you get on there and you just connect with me and the next thing you know, you're trying to pitch me, it's like, you know, that's no. And we, people do that all the time. Please, if you listen, yeah. people do that. I try not to do that. If I do it, call me on it. Um, but LinkedIn is the big network to link and collectively help one another.
1: Right. I figure if if they want to know what I do, my profile on LinkedIn tells you more about who I am and what I do than my website does. Mm-hmm. So it it's pretty blatant. I don't I need that. to try to sell you something uh, if if we're going to connect. Right. Um, hopefully you'll buy something, but, right. you know, on, only if you need it.
0: Yeah. Well, and can I say something too? Cause I love this. Cause you're in the coaching and consulting business or, or sharing information. And I love that you put on there. I get this in the publishing thing too. Um, I love that you put, I'd love to, I'd love to t- help you for free, but we all have to make a, li- I forget how you say but we all have to make a living. And I love that right. because look, I'm not stupid. I do expect to pay for expert advice and you should not expect, you know, uh, uh, somebody once said, when you pick somebody's brain, you're really picking their pocket because if somebody is an expert, you should want to pay them for their, um, yes, we're all altruistic but we're all in here in in this world to make a living so we can tithe and give back and pay our bills and take care of our kids and all that stuff and our felines, all that good stuff
1: it's it's funny uh i was quoted in the uh, financial times of london i used to get uh peter harrow's thing uh help a reporter Yes, yeah, help, it, it, help
0: a reporter out.
1: Harrow. Yeah. yeah Harrow. Yeah. So uh, Peter had this one thing in there and says, you know, how do you get rid of those people who just want to buy you lunch and pick your brain? Well, I got I, number one, I don't do lunch anymore. Uh, but what I did was I put on my website my hourly rate and my minimum mm-hmm. four hours. It's 600 bucks an hour twenty four hundred bucks for a half day. Mm-hmm. So somebody call and say, I wanna, I want to take you to lunch. And I'm going, twenty four hundred bucks. And they're going, What? Yeah. And I said, You don't want to take me to lunch. You want me to you want to pick my brain. Yeah. yeah. So that 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 got me into the time the Financial Times of London. I love so it. So I can't I don't have to tell people why I got quoted there. I can just say, Yeah, I've been in the Financial Times.
0: Yeah. I love it. Um, Well, it's the same thing too, as a speaker, people say, well, can't you just pay speak for free? And (laughs) I had, I had a speaker tell me, Tracy, when people pay more, they pay more attention. And I'm like, okay. So they're like, you know, you you don't do this. But I mean, I love that because one of the things weariness comes from, you're getting pulled so many different ways and you're giving so much advice, but you're not really working on your business or growing your business. And one of the greatest things of this whole pandemic um, was that we got the chance to clear off so much of that stuff and really be like, this is what we're doing if it's not directly revenue generating. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. I have my ministry and my giving, but that's that's separate. But these, I call them time sucks. Just you get drawn into this stuff. And in the end, it, it it's it's not contributing to your success.
1: That, that's true. But uh, if somebody has a really short question, mm-hmm. I'll take the time to answer it. So they can email me. Pardon me. They can email me. They can. Uh, I have a Calendly app. You can book fifteen minutes. Yep, my I saw time. that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't mind doing that. Charlie oh, sure. Charlie uh, uh, referred to it as is just another way of casting bread on the water. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not come back, uh, and it doesn't really matter if it does. But what it does for you, particularly if all of that activity is in one market niche. Your reputation expands exponentially as a result. So you mentioned advocates earlier Mm -hmm. Uh, in my first book, Government Marketing Best Practices. I did that prospect pyramid thing that we've all seen in business uh, situations, but instead of the top being an advocate, I put the top as an apostle, Mm. and um, because there there is historical precedent that if you have several apostles, maybe 12, you can do extraordinary things. Right. So uh, if, if you're building, if you're adding value to any market niche, you're, you're, you're building that layer above advocate. Right. So after 35, it, it, but it, it takes, this isn't an instant gratification gig, right? This takes time. So I've I've heard of conversations in uh, in in other people's businesses where they're talking about bringing in a consultant for this or that, and my name comes up, and somebody says, "Oh, yeah, no," and two or three people in the room will go, "What are you talking about? You know, he's the best that does this."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and that's what apostles do.
0: Mm. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay. So next one on here. Uh, He talks about the third price of leadership is abandonment. And uh, you've alluded to this with vision and getting clear on your focus, but my father used to say, we need to abandon what we like to think about and what we want to think about in favor of what we ought and need to think about. So how do you, as an entrepreneur, because as entrepreneurs, we can tend to be quite looking at a lot of different things and we can typically juggle more balls than most people, but how do you stay focused and abandoned? Um, and what does the word abandonment in leadership mean to you, Mark?
1: Um, so over the years, um, you know, I've been advising companies on marketing for 35 years, uh, back in the eighties, a lot of that was direct mail, Mm -hmm. uh, large physical events and, uh, traditional advertising and public relations. All of that has morphed. Mm -hmm. So, I have to abandon certain skills to pursue new skills. And I was very fortunate. One of my friends uh, bugged me back in 2003 and early 2004 to join this thing called LinkedIn. And um, I'm going, all right. Uh, And I finally joined February 11, 2004. I am uh, one of the first quarter million members of LinkedIn. Uh, it is older than Facebook. Most people don't know that. Wow. Uh, but, um, but it wasn't, a, you know, I sat there for three years waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's going on here. Um, so in, in early 2007, I read two books. Jason Alba wrote a book called I'm on LinkedIn, Now What? Uh, which talked about the mechanics of what LinkedIn could do. Mm -hmm. And David Meerman Scott's first edition of the new rules of marketing and PR came out about the same time, March, April 2007. I read that David didn't mention LinkedIn once. But what he talked about was how all of these Web 2.0 tools, webinars, podcasts, all of these things, blogs were changing how we as individuals could impact our market niche we could publish ourselves and mm-hmm. and just abandon the traditional method so the entire ability to share information was shifting and giving you truly exponential reach so i took what david was talking about applied it to the lessons that Jason alba taught me in the linkedin book and uh 2007 is when I started. 2009, uh, my LinkedIn profile was number three in a contest called "Rock the World with Your Online Presence." At that time, there were 45 or so million people mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike O'Neill and Lori Ruff picked.
0: Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you.
1: Uh they picked, uh, seven people as the top profiles. Uh, and it was in part voting from everybody who was participating and part this, uh, selection committee and, and, you know, number three, not bad. Um, but I I also started teaching LinkedIn that year. So I've been teaching people about LinkedIn. I'm in my 12th year of, of, talking about it, learn, I'm still learning about it. I mean, it, it right. changes regularly.
0: Well, it does. Yeah. And you even talked about, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's all, how my dad, um, how authors produce books and sold books and bought books. I mean, it's a different world, but, but it's cool, um, that you were always, you know, one of my favorite book titles is called, and it's a great book too. It's called sacred cows make the best burgers. Mm-hmm. And so you sound like you've been always kind of, you know, it may have worked then. But tomorrow's another day and so I love that you have you you are able to abandon um, what worked for you in the past because the future is going to look different and you need to be open to looking for different ways to market to grow to speak to consult to teach all that stuff
1: yeah it's you know like you you, you do a lot of public speaking I do a lot of public speaking in my market mm-hmm. so I rarely get out of DC to speak but that's okay um, but, you know, over the last 90 days, I haven't had a public speaking gig. Right. right? But what's lot. happened is I've I've more than tripled the amount of virtual speaking gigs that I've gotten. and um, And I don't have to get in my car. Right. I don't have to wear long pants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got shorts it's, on, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's summer, right? We put on a nice top. And then... <laughs> And there we are. I love but, it. You know, you, you know, um I forget his first name. Moore's law, uh, he was the CEO of a uh, a company that made uh uh semiconductor stuff. Mm-hmm. His law was every 18 months the speed of these machines would change and this law came out like in the late 60s early 70s. Well, that's you know shrunk tremendously so mm-hmm. things speed up like every 12 minutes now mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but but all of these tools are changing so if you're not adapting if you think you you know you do you still know people that use overheads um, right. right remember that uh, yeah i yeah, remember get that ink
0: and wiping them I, off? Used,
1: I used yeah. to carry my overhead machine with me to speaking events so i wouldn't have to pay 500 <laughs> bucks to rent one uh and that thing weighed a tongue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's why you had that one arm real strong. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The the Popeye arm.
0: I love it. Um, I love it. I love your definition of abandonment. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Yeah. Adapt.
0: Adapt. Yeah. Adap- uh, uh, you know, I just did my PhD in crisis leadership. Number one trait. It's not the crisis. It's your adaptive capacity. It's your resilience. And, you know, if you if you robust that, you know, you can you can turn on a dime and live to fight another day kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And if you're not open to that change, you're going to be so far in the past very quickly.
0: Right. Right. Love it. Okay, so the last price that he talked about and you've hit on this word a couple of times throughout is vision and uh, his definition of vision. You know, my dad was uh, a prolific Inspirational, discerning guy. He was also an incredibly humble, grassroots, very pragmatic, and very down to earth. And, and he gave he, great hugs. And he gave great hugs. I know. He wouldn't have liked the last three months when we had to hug. So I'm glad he's up in heaven oh, so we could gosh, just hug yes. freely. That would have not been good. But um, one of the things he said his vision is um, just seeing what needs to be done and doing it. So uh, can you give me your, your idea of vision and how, how you uh, gain wisdom, clarity, discernment? How do you craft your vision?
1: Um, you know, it, it goes back in part to that adaptability. Mm-hmm. When market conditions change, subject matter experts, and I am one of those, uh, have to understand why it's changing, mm-hmm. what the options are, and among those options, what are the most likely winners? Okay. Now, if it's technology, I'm behind a bit i i am one of the least technical people that you'll ever meet um so what do i do i go brain pick from my techie friends who are like that high up in the food chain there and i say all right this is what's going on what are the tools available and which way do you think things are going to go? And when I mm-hmm. see a consensus start to form there, then I bother to learn all of the things that I'm going to be able to understand about that. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, where it's going to play in the marketing side of things, which is my realm. Okay. So Excellent. all of these things are going to impact all aspects of business. But I am most concerned with how it's going to impact the marketing world. So the COVID thing is a classic example. Uh, the the spring and summer of uh, the federal year, fiscal year, fiscal year ends September 30. This is a heavy time for business development salespeople to be in front of customers. Lots of events going on, right? And eh, wrong, not now. Uh, so how did we adapt? We're here. We're on Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoom is one of the approved platforms for federal employees. Oh, okay. uh, there's, only, there's only a couple. There's a lot of platforms out there, but not all of them pass the security test, right? So, um, so your adaptability there. Are you any good at these things? So there's a hierarchy here. I find uh, Cisco's WebEx to be very cumbersome. Mm-hmm. OK, it's very difficult to run without a Cisco degree. Uh, Go to meeting is quite good. Uh, Zoom is the easiest darn thing to play right. with in the world. The sound quality is good. You look great. I look like I look. Um, <laughs> I, don't have any, I don't have any choice anymore. <laughs> uh, it's uh, but, you know, it, it's just fundamentally simple. Uh So, you know, and and the results, you know, if you had purchased Zoom stock in December, you would have a fourfold return Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. So um, and I don't think too many things in the stock market have done that over the last four months. Right. Uh, So um, your 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 ability to to adapt to a situation. To employ new tools, to jettison some things that are your you know traditional bread and butter, and find other ways to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resilience of some companies and and some associations in our market has been tremendous mm-hmm. when it comes to this. Early flops have turned into regular increases in knowledge and success. Wow! Right. So. Um, I love that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I love that, you you know, you said earlier, I love that you talked about vision because sometimes we'll – Um, say, well, vision, that's my thing. And then I have to cast it out to everybody else so they catch it. But I love that you put, you said earlier that really, um, whatever you do has got to be definable and attainable. And then you tied marketplace changes to, yeah, you know what you want to do, but you go out and you seek out the experts. And I think that's really valuable because I know what I think I should do. And yes, maybe I've had the anointing call, but getting sound, um, input is always a good thing um, mm-hmm. not to talk you out of it or not to be lazy. Cause my dad's like, sometimes if you're just getting advice, it's just to delay doing any work. I'm not talking about that, but I love the fact that you talked about, even if you get a vision, it is good to go to those that know more than you and kind yes. of, uh, you know, litmus test, contingency plan, worst case scenario, unintended consequences, whatever, and just put it out there. I love that. Um, because the, you know, you want to be prepared as, as much as possible.
1: Yes yeah and and you know you're known by the company you keep right Mm -hmm. so i keep company in my business world with people that i know i like i trust and who are good at what they do Mm -hmm. um and and I may be the godfather of government marketing, but that does not stop me from making regular calls to people who are on the front lines of their companies all the time. Say, "Hey, will you take a look at this article for me? I'm getting ready to put it out, and I'd really like your feedback before I, you know, I go to press because I don't want any warts."
0: Right? No that that is so good. That is so good. I love that, and that's a great aspect of vision. So, yeah, you you may be. you know, cooking it up in there, but but letting other people kind of check the ingredients and mm-hmm. uh, the process is always a good thing. Always a good thing. No. Awesome.
1: But it you know it all comes back to one thing though: your relationships. What do people know about you? Do people like you? Do people trust you? Uh, that trust factor, that visibility, that credibility is is key to your growth. In any situation, it gets back to, you know, the the myth of the self-made person. Hundreds of people have helped me throughout my career. Mm-hmm. My first real mentor in the government market, Lynn Bateman, was a, a uh, an entrepreneur, a columnist in a publication that I worked for briefly back in the early 80s. And she kind of took me under her wing and taught me about the procurement cycles where she was the expert. But she also gave me a piece of advice that, uh, that, that just really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, she said, trust your instincts and don't, don't hold back. Mm-hmm. Don't pull any punches. Say what you think regardless of where you are. And that seems like a danger. It's, well, it's one of the reasons I can't work for other people um, because regardless of the situation, I'm going to say what I think. Right, right. But it's also earned me a reputation of being one of the most candid people in the market. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. What's the quote? Entrepreneurship is the last refuge of the troublemaking individual. Did you ever hear that?
1: <laughs> no, but I like it.
0: Well, I heard that about five years ago and I'm like, man, I wish I would have heard that like 20 years ago. That would have explained a lot of this stuff that I'm going through. I, I, yeah.
1: I would have thought that Charlie would come up with that one. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to
0: backtrack it. Maybe so. And that's good. Yeah. That, that, that you know, critical thinking and, and you know, why well, I must read my one devotional and it said um, confrontational kindness that sometimes, you know, we have to tell people, you know, what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. And that's not always, boy, especially in today's society, that's not always, that doesn't always go over so well.
1: Yeah. But if you do it in a private setting, not a public setting, right? then you, you aren't doing, you know, yeah. irreparable harm to your relationship. You're being right. honest with someone. Right. And I, I, you know, I appreciate it when somebody does that with me oh. because I have crossed the line more than once in, in my career, Mm -hmm. you know, the Kool-Aid was there and I reached for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I try not to do that anymore. I think I'm pretty successful in that, but it, it, you know, it kind of leads me to a wrap up thought for you. You know, what is it? 30, 40 years ago, Harvard did a study that said if people wrote down their goals, and read them every day or every week, they were more likely to attain them. Mm -hmm. So they did this study with a graduate class in the business school, and indeed it was true. But if you flip that coin, and and instead of simply the goals, put the ethical bounds in which you would work within to attain those goals, would you be a happier person at the end? Hmm. You know? What what's important to me is what I think of myself mm-hmm. at the end of every day, what my wife and children think of me mm-hmm. at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. Anything else is gravy. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. I love that, Mark. Thank you so much for that. Boy, and when you get to pay the price of leadership, that's wonderful. Know, know where your f- foundation is. And you know what? Yep. You will eventually, even if you feel alone, you will get the right people if you do the right thing that come alongside you and form that that Trust tribe that you need to have together to, to yep. take your business to the next level, awesome, well, Mark, yep. how do people get a hold of you if they want to know more about what you do or connect with you on LinkedIn because you're the expert or just you know just just a je or get one of your uh, tremendous books? please share it with us how uh, to, they can reach out to you
1: All of the books I believe are at Amazon okay uh, a couple of them you may have to buy use my first book, government marketing best Practices. Is out of print. I'm not going to put it back in print, um, but there's there's plenty on the you know the pretty good copy used side of things. Okay. Um, uh, same thing with why epiphanies never occur to couch potatoes. That's available, but probably used. Um, find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest place to find me. Um, I am approachable.
0: Yes, you are, Mark. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much for everything you shared. You gave me much food for thought, brother, as you always do. And I thank you for taking the time to share with me some wonderful leadership truths. And I know our listeners are going to be inspired um, by all you shared with them, too. So thank you so much, Mark.
1: Congrats on the PhD, Tremendous, Tracy.
0: Thank you, Mark. I'm so excited. All right, to our tremendous listeners out there, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Tremendous Leadership Podcast. Reach out to Mark, drop us a note, drop us a like, give us a rating, reach out to us. Mark and I are both approachable and we'd love to hear from you. Any questions or thoughts, thank you so much and have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.